Hey, everybody, welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every week we bring you two fast-paced 15-minute episodes, one with beauty mastermind guests, and the other, which is today's podcast, a solo chat on trends in tech and media and our larger industry. If you like the podcast, I hope you will leave a rating and or review. It helps others to find us. And um, hit the subscribe button if you're in the mood. I would appreciate it. And if you like to get early access to new episodes, um, I release them 24 hours in advance on our website, socialbeautymakers.com. You can also sign up for a week, a free weekly e-newsletter there, um, which will give you additional content. Uh, I am Gordon Miller. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. So today, I'm sharing another in a series of solo talks on kind of where I think we're headed as an industry. In, in recent episodes, I've shared thoughts on media, um, also uh, most recently on online learning. And today I'm going to dig into another favorite space, events, and where we might be headed in this big, big category. Um, a bit of backstory, I've been attending industry events since the late 1980s. And uh, over the course of that time, I've witnessed some pretty big changes, all of which I'd argue are reactions to larger industry-wide changes, as well as changes in our larger world. Doing some quick math, I'm I'm going to guess I've been to literally over 500 events over all those years. That's kind of crazy, but it's true. And um, I am a huge fan of events of all kinds. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of any reason we have as professionals to get together. And to be transparent in reaction to many of the observations that I'm about to share, coming to me you know, through my uh, pandemic conversations, um, as well as my passion for events, period, this fall, I am launching a series of niche-focused hybrid events, meaning in-person and online. I am most excited. Um, they are what I'm calling Social Beauty Makers Live events, and they're focused on creating meaningful connections and inspiration, as well as, well as celebrating the related niches. First event coming up in September 2023, it is focused exclusively on the LGBTQIA plus community, that's my community of professionals and, of course, our allies, and it will be held in Chicago. In October, I'm going to launch um, an event in Los Angeles exclusive to leading independent professionals. Our third event will be exclusive to educators in the professional space. And it's going to take place early. Let's say it'll take place in February, actually, in Las Vegas. And the last of these four events will be exclusive to what I'll call masterminds, innovators in the salon space. It'll be held in Atlanta in March. And so uh, each event will be limited to 250 professionals in person and, of course, a larger online audience. I am most excited to share that information. It's going to be fun. Stay tuned for more. So my why as to why am I getting to, into the event space? It's a lot of work. <laughs> so, well, it's very much born out of two years of pandemic conversations and, and just being excited about experimenting with new ways of doing things um, at, at this stage of my career. When we got into lockdown and you know, there was prospect of so many big changes that could be coming to many industries, I began to ask pros of, of all kinds, um, a lot of questions. I spoke to probably several hundred professionals over the course of two years. They come from every industry segment, every generation that's part of this industry, and just about every job description. And a big question for me was, where do you think we're headed as we come through pandemic. And one of the categories, of course, was events, because that's one of the things that we all had to stop going to. Um, so I said to professionals, where do you hope we're headed from here? Connected to all of this are, are some pretty big ahas. And uh, I want to share some of those as they relate specifically to events. I heard really consistent feedback from so many. 
And interestingly, many said that as they began to ponder things in the pandemic, they thought, you know, I have lots of education options available. I did before we locked down. And, and now with hybrid education, with online education, they're feeling it. they even have more options. As one said, perhaps more than I actually needed, um, maybe too many choices, which makes it hard to do anything. Sometimes we get a little paralyzed. Many were telling me they were looking for something else from certain kinds of events going forward. Um, and interesting, what I also heard that was consistent was a feeling that I don't need to go to events to get what I already have, related somewhat back to that education statement. I heard over and over that so many want to go where they can find connections that will elevate their careers and businesses in ways it's difficult to do locally. They want to be inspired to want to learn more about the craft or about business when they go back home. And perhaps more import most importantly, um, so many want participation in events that makes them feel better about themselves, their careers, and the larger industry when they leave that event. But too many felt that many events were kind of off the mark in this regard. Many of the best of the best of professionals have stopped attending many events for this reason, and that began long before we came to the pandemic. So how did we get here? The pandemic lockdown forced us, I think, all to reconsider events as we've known them. And again, because we, it, it was such a big idea that we couldn't go anywhere, uh, perhaps we thought a little bit more about this category than others. At the end of lockdown, uh, we saw many race back to events, probably most of us, and to live events of all kinds. But most of those events remind many of the professionals I've spoken to, as well as myself, um, they reminded us of the pre-pandemic events that we are so used to. And you know, that's not necessarily bad, um, but maybe it's not as good as we would hope it would be. During pandemic, we saw a huge spike in online connectivity, and most of that was occurring in the education space, which is just one part of the larger kind of pre-pandemic event space. Pretty much almost every kind of event we think of had kind of classic, hardcore technical or business education as part of it, often the core event for its existence. We heard a lot about new hybrid events coming, happening, but, but as, again, pandemic kind of came to a close wherever we are today, um, we saw kind of more fails than success in this quote unquote new category of events. And so it's going to be interesting to see how events evolve going forward as it relates to integrating technology and, and different forms of media into their formats. If you listen much to me, you've likely heard me speak of the importance of niches, and that matters a lot for this conversation. The word events covers a lot of territory and each niche in events, the event category is different than the next. Big shows are very different than independent events. Brand events are very different than media events, and so on. Very importantly, it's pretty much been proven that the pandemic mostly accelerated trends rather than created new ones. So it's important when we talk about where we might be headed that we take a moment to talk about the past. The biggest change in event space in, in the last 40 years or so is, is connected to the biggest change in our larger industry, perhaps ever. And that is consolidation, something that happened not just to our industry, um, but to the larger world and within the industry, pretty much every part of it. Since the late, I would say, 80s, we've seen many pro salon brands consolidate under much bigger corporate umbrellas. And that's not necessarily bad at all. Um, it, it just kind of is. Distributors who sell most of those brands um, also consolidated from a long list of mostly family-owned independents 
to two very big distribution companies, which serve nearly 80% of all professionals today. With this consolidation also came the kind of the advent and the expansion of professional stores and growth of them significantly. Again, not necessarily bad, just kind of is. And out of these changes came consolidation also of the event space. Gone were hundreds of independent distributor shows. Of course, the big distributors still have lots of shows, but we have less of them than we did many years ago. And of course, local events, which when I was young in the industry, they were everywhere. I mean, literally everywhere, sometimes four or 500 per month. We don't have as many of those anymore. It's, it's really shrunk. Many brands left big beauty shows during this time of consolidation in favor of their own brand events specifically. I think I attended my first Redkin Symposium like 30 years ago. Um, and association shows during this time mostly went away with some exceptions. Consolidation also impacted uh, the big beauty shows themselves. IBS being the oldest show in the US is, is a great example of this. Um, decades ago, there were IBS shows in not only New York and Las Vegas, as there are today, but also we had IBS in Boston, Atlanta, Miami, Dallas, uh, Seattle, LA. <laughs> it was a lot, of, a lot of IBS shows, I think 10 or so, in, in any given year. And as brands and distributors consolidated, so did these shows coming from about 10 down to two that we have today. Again, not all bad, not all good, just kind of is. And in spite of this consolidation, or perhaps perhaps because of it, big beauty shows have been shrinking in both crowd and number of exhibitors for many years now. And again, not necessarily bad. It, it just kind of is where we are today. Take a sidestep over to brand events. They've always been a personal favorite. And again, I've had the good fortune of going to many, many more than I can, can even remember. Um, events like Redkin Symposium, Paul Mitchell Gathering, the Aveda World Congress, smaller brands, Lanza's big event, um, Orbe's Journey to Mastery. Again, so many different events on the brand side of life. And I'd say that most all of these kind of events got mostly praise, have built really loyal audiences, um, but most are also evolving um, as I type. Um, as I type, I typed some notes. <laughs> so most are most are obviously evolving, um, and many of the biggest of the big brand events are now becoming regionalized events. As an observer, my gut is that big, successful, and often very expensive to produce, almost impossible to to cover the costs of um, some of these big, big brand events will be sorely missed by many, um, as they were rare islands of power networking connectivity, um, also very unique and big opportunities to connect with your heroes and, and the essence of the brand itself. But I also have to say good to all who are experimenting with the form um, and because brands have led the way in creating great events for a very, very long time. And I'm sure they're going to continue to do so in the future. And I'm excited to see where all of these changes take us. Going back to the big shows, many have argued, arguably become kind of the shopping malls of Pro Beauty. And I love the shop and I love a good mall, but malls are dying or are dead um, because they didn't reinvent in time and, and shopping, even within in our industry, even at a show is not what it once was in the larger world or in our industry and, and not what it for sure was for individual professionals across almost every category. And that is a very big and interesting change from a pro perspective. Um, it's a huge change to the value that's perceived through show attendance for many. And something I think that um, could move shows in a direction of a phrase I love, which is less is more in terms of the size of the show um, and lead us to having perhaps back 
once again, more shows to reach more professionals. If you're keeping up with news in the event space, you've heard that Informa, a huge international events company, has purchased the Premier Orlando show and actually the Premier Show Group, a series of shows, and maybe it's headed in that direction. I do not have any insider insights, but I'm just watching things and kind of have gut feeling about this. They have launched Premier Anaheim, which was part of the acquisition of uh, the ISSE Long Beach show from the PBA. Uh, Inform is also launching Premier San Antonio. They also have Premier Columbus and Birmingham, which have been around for a long time. And then, of course, the industry's biggest show, one of my very favorites, Premier Orlando. And if you look at the map and kind of what is happening over there at the Informa company, there are perhaps some obvious places Premier could go geographically beyond where they already are headed. Uh, time will tell. Let's talk for a moment about uh, distributor events. Evolution of the distributor spaces has led to many over time to um, kind of create a, a form of self-service distribution. Um, that would be the stores. That would be online. And both have had a huge impact on the interest in events as access to what is new um, is in front of so many um, day to day, close to home. And, and for years, people went to shows to see what's new. So, you know, that's an interesting change in, in how distribution impacts salons and how it impacts the bigger idea of events, um, events put on by distributors or by others. And so, one big impact that I sense, and it's been happening for years and, and just slowly growing, is that fewer, more successful professionals, more successful salon owners are attending big events, um, especially, and I, I shouldn't say it that way, um, they're fewer attending big beauty shows and often big distributor shows. I think brand events are, are quite different that way. And then I have, I have to mention the independent events. Um, Brett Siva's Thriver Society event. I've not been to it, but I'm a fan of watching it online. Elizabeth Faye's um, Hair Love Retreat, Tippy Shorter's Texture Hair Elevated Summit, uh, Presley Poe and Friends, which is happening with my friends over at Hair Distry, PBA's Beacon. Uh, let's see, um, Be Seen, um, um, Lin Fan, he put on an event for educators this last year and many, many more. These are in many ways our kind of never-ending experiments in bringing professionals together for a variety of reasons. I say the more, the better. Um, it, it in part to serve as role models for the entire industry. And as I said at the start of this episode, I'm going to jump into that space myself later this year with Social Beauty Makers Hybrid Live Events and again, focus on niche audience and topics. So having said all that, let me give you a bunch of kind of bigger thoughts. First off, those who operate big shows, distributor shows and big brand events are really smart people. And I've not met too many of those really smart people who don't really deeply care about this industry. So I am confident they're going to figure things out. And as the industry very much needs events, we are all fundamentally social animals as human beings. And I would say as beauty professionals, salon professionals, even more so. I also can't help but ask, what if we looked at audiences and, and what they value and need in new and different ways? Niches, and, and again, the world's become so niched out, and I think it's really more apparent than ever as we came through pandemic. Niches have unique needs to be served, and that may lead us back to kind of a smaller in-person events because the niches kind of bring us down to smaller. And of course, the connected digital opportunities to reach more. Um, this big idea, the hybrid event, which kind of ended up mostly a sizzle coming through pandemic, remains a huge opportunity. I, I follow events outside of beauty and I'm always fascinated by what I see happening. But we need to look at the evolution of technology 
and the evolution of our audiences in ways to create new and more meaningful experiences online, um, indirect connection to live events. Again, going to this big idea of hybrid. I also believe that more than ever, inspiration matters. This was a big finding, I guess, in my conversations through pandemic, this, this idea that we need inspiration and we all get it in different ways. Brands so get this. And so I'm sure they will continue to do just that. To my friends at the big shows, I'd say maybe it's time to bring back the main stages, which feel like they've kind of begun to fizzle out, you know, at beauty shows, big brand events, not so you always see these big stage shows and, and professionals and attendants absolutely love them. Um, for the big shows, that means investing in providing spaces for artists to be seen. And I would add to be paid just as they are brand events um, and be seen and be paid as artists, as educators versus kind of how main stages have evolved, all, all of them across all the different shows as kind of commercial vehicles um, that just kind of happened over time. And also say that um, celebrations, celebrations matter, celebrations of individuals, of collective team efforts, of, of categories and niches, um, nah, proves the power of recognitions for decades now. And perhaps in a more contemporary way, so does Hairbrain's Video Awards. And I would also add maybe the best example of all is BTC's One-Shot Awards. I mean, they've really uh, made an impact on the industry. And I just would add here that we need more of these efforts. We need more celebrations of talent, more celebrations of, of doing smart things, doing successful things, you know, making changes impact lots of people. Um, but we also need to evolve all of these efforts with time. Um, and something I feel, frankly, that we've not seen enough of. You know, we as, as an industry, we're close to 1 million working hairdressers. And today, more than ever, we need to take advantage of the opportunity to validate and recognize professionals. Um, more recognitions and celebrations is better. Um, both are huge opportunities to do good work on behalf of the larger industry. All right. I'm going to stop here because that's a lot and I could keep going, but um, I'm, I'm hoping this kind of rant gives you something to ponder. I, um, I want to close by saying thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for listening to my rant. I, I hope you'll visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com and sign up for our free newsletter, um, get more content, get early access to the podcast and get information on our upcoming new kind of hybrid events coming this fall. Stay tuned for more in the coming weeks on that. If you like the podcast, I appreciate a rating, review, or subscribe. Um, oh, better yet, share it um, with those who you think might enjoy it. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Gordon Miller, and I can't wait to share again with you all next time. <laughs>